was lost, the treaty signed, I was not caught across the line, I was not caught, though many tried. Howdy there, folks. That was Leonard Cohen's Nevermind, as chosen by Deb, who is the guest of this podcast. Say hi, Deb. Howdy. And also there's Mike, who's right next to me. Say hi, Mike. Hello. And we're going to answer a shitload of questions on this podcast, but first we need to do a little bit of catch-up. Deputy, is the great state of uh, Kansas still in existence? Uh, hold on. I need to check out the window. All right. Well, Skylight will do. Yeah. <laughs> Sky- yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> All right, so Kansas has not been consumed by an SCP yet, or has it? I, it how would you tell? Uh, from the inside looking out, I'm not sure, honestly. Well, I mean, uh, and I honestly you, thought there's basis for some good horror stories in that. I I think so because people say Maine is creepy, and I'm like, Kansas is creepier. Uh, now, here's no, could could you imagine that though? It's it's like a Stephen King little short mini series or whatever, right? And it's about this town in Kansas that just disappears to everybody that's not in it. And they're like calling out. People are like, we haven't heard from you in years. What the fuck? The highway patrols, like, yeah, no. Suddenly, we go from I seventy mile marker three hundred to three twenty. The town's gone. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird because I feel like I've seen an ad for this. It's like I know this is so on I've, the nose. I've, I've driven through these towns. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I've I think I've filled up on towns that were just ghosts. Like there were just ghosts walking around, and I was so tired of driving on I seventy. I was just like, fuck it. I'll I'll deal with the ghosts. Like I just was like, oh, do you take a Conoco card? Cool, and then just fill up at Ghost Town, USA. But um, I I was wondering as well in Kansas, just because of how strange Kansas's history is. Uh, do, do you mm-hmm. think Do you think a movie or a show, considering Kansas has such a long and weird history with like violence, upheaval, and murder, how do you think Kansas would fare? as a backdrop for something like the Ghostbusters? You know, pretty well. Because you've got stuff like Bleeding Kansas, of course. Of course. Uh, the border the border war between Kansas and Missouri through the Civil War period was just absolutely gruesome. Of course. Um, and then we've had our fair share of industrial accidents, executions, you know, just people tripping and bumping their head and dying. Yeah. Like, like where's that yeah. ghost? I want to talk to that guy. I want to, I want to, well, why, why in Ghostbusters was there no like ghost that was blown away in a tornado? You know what I mean? Like in the yeah, trailer park. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good point. Just like, some well, guy sitting know, there eating was, his TV I was dinner. I plowing my field and yeah. then God's wrath came down and I got thrown at 300 miles an hour into my barn. Yeah. Like that's, that's a downer for anyone. Like where's that ghost? Yeah. Where's that ghost? Yeah. I want to see the ghost that tried to do the shit from Twister. <laughs> like they thought that would work. You just, you just, uh, you know, I've watched those guys do that in Texas, and you ask them like, "What, what is there really to learn?" And and they always say something like, "It's loud." <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, it is." So what did you learn by driving into the F3 tornado? And they're like, "My truck fell over." And I'm like, "Ah." You know, the sad thing is, in this state, I've seen multiple Dorothys in the back of 90s ram 2500s so people are driving around releasing twister remake shit into tornadoes for like what funsies on the weekend no not even that they're doing full-on twister cosplay with their trucks in tornadoes what 
in tornadoes. Not in tornadoes, just oh. driving around. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay, well, that's kind of cool, actually. I thought, okay, that's different. I mean, but that's really weird. Yes, but it's also kind of cool. It's surreal, but it would yeah. also be like, imagine if you lived out where a bunch of satellite dishes were, and you bought, like, that lady's car from the movie Contact, and then at no reason would get into it and drive off through the dishes. Like, that would be really cool as a callback, but yeah. weird. <laughs> Also weird. Yeah. So um, here's the other thing is I think um, the hidden side of Kansas would be horrifying because the, the things you have normally there are quite terrifying indeed. Like that avatar kill and Tonka truck museum and other <laughs> such things. Mm-hmm. Largest ball of twine. Largest ball. Now, is it really one ball of twine or is it? is 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 it just like something did they get like a giant concrete ball and then like hot glue twine around the outside and be like no no it is you can tell that it is entirely twine mostly because it is sagged with gravity and it's no longer round oh so it's it's just a pile of twine we we yes. saw it in that uh, umbrella academy episode pile of twine yeah they yeah, ex- the, the cocker city kansas they, for some reason, they were there. I forget for what reason. They were at the ball of twine. They were just having this monologue together. It's over by Beloit. You take uh, Route Nine to the west. Yeah, I thought it, I, it was either between Kansas or Pennsylvania. I thought it was one of those. <laughs> Kansas or Pennsylvania. One of those two the, square states. Yes, Pennsylvania. Do, do you want to know the other big thing that uh, they got going for them in Cocker City? What? They have a colorful old John Deere tractor parked at an abandoned service station. It's like a Model 1, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just color, it. multicolored? It's, you know, you know yeah, what it's I... It's painted John Deere colors. You know, oh. those are evidently colorful enough to be mar- remarked upon. In <laughs> Green and yellow, So man. in that city, it's, John it's Deere colors. It's on their Wikipedia page. It's on their Wikipedia page. They're like colorful. The E.g. has on paint on it. Page. Has paint yeah. on it. Is not rust colored. <laughs> like the state itself. Speaking of rust colored, you know, we tried to help St. Friend Quas County, right? We tried to help them out by, by telling people to send them art for the great seal. And then um, they closed the website for the seals, the submissions. They closed that. So you couldn't seal the seal submitted. Yeah. And then they hurriedly made a statement. Uh, and he sounded very nervous. It was a recorded statement where he said, uh, we reserve the right to, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, modify any of these uh, that have been submitted and we'll have a final soon. And the final looks fine. Um, I've seen some of the ones that the BPL people have submitted, but I didn't get enough to make a video out of. Like, only two people sent me submissions and they're fucking cool. But um, the the thing I was thinking is, you know, St. Francois County needed our help, and, and we, we helped them out so very much. Mm-hmm. But they seemed to not care for us all that much and all of our wonderful help because we helped. I sent in four doodles myself. <laughs> Graphic design is my passion. Yes. I use nothing but the finest clip art. And wow. I use the coolest. Use clip art? I, I, I use the coolest of all fonts, Comic Sans. And being, ah. I, I found being, being colorblind not a limiter at all in my artistic vision. 
Well, it's just a different way to perceive the world. It is. It's it's just, you know, and I, I, I'm very upset that none of our none of our works uh, made it. I, I knew somebody just drew like corn and someone told me that they put in the front ground the cutout. They told me they did this. They did not show a picture. I said picture. It didn't happen. They didn't respond. But they said that they submitted um, a seal where the outer seal was the Soviet seal uh, like the Soviet Union seal. They'd cut the inside out of that, clipped it out, and had that clip of uh, that clip art of the mailman fighting his dog mm. or fighting a dog for the package. And in the background, they had put germs, like <laughs> the germs under a microscope. And they put St. Francois County. <laughs> And I said, I want that seal. I want to see that seal on a patch or at that, that meme of the guy fighting his dog for the fucking package is in front of germs surrounded by yeah. the Soviet seal. And it says St. Francois County. And then underneath it, he wrote a good place. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, please tell me he's like oh didn't respond won't show me pictures of it but if anyone out there can envision it imagine something like a badge like a soviet badge but instead of the star in the center it has that clip out of again the mailman fighting his dog or fighting the dog for the package clip art from the wiki how to article and then in the background nothing but a close-up and zoom in of germs under a microscope and then saint francois county a good place I want to see that seal. People would be like, what does it mean? Somebody had told me that they just submitted a a picture of like East German politicians from the 70s that they'd drawn. (laughs) (laughs) I knew somebody told me they submitted 30 North Korean propaganda posters. (laughs) Just one after another, but all they did was change the language on it. Hmm. So it was like, go Missouri. People didn't like that, I guess. But no, I mean, we, we tried to help. So now that people have established uh, the level of our uh, helping. If I, <laughs> if I was to submit one, I didn't get a chance to, but I, I would have done it like a metal album with the twisted like vain words and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. Like Frank yeah. County. Oh, fuck yeah. In the top. And then on the bottom of it, it's just like uh, an upside down cross with like a goat's head. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a guy like... As a skeleton that's burning riding a motorcycle. No, for it's no the reason. scene from Terminator 2 in the background. <laughs> for no reason. For no reason. Like the motorcycle chase with a truck through the aqueduct. In <laughs> yeah, beautiful photorealistic detail. Yes, exactly. So that way when they get it on their badge, they're like, fuck yeah, look at this metal shit. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and what's the logo for that, say? Oh, it just says St. Francois County. I didn't put like a tagline to it. It's nope. just, it just already looks metal. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not to not to derail this, but have you guys seen the RoboCop Rogue City trailer? No, I have. Just released in the last like three hours at the time we're recording this, and they brought back Peter Weller. So the original RoboCop is doing all the voice and mocap oh. for facial animation. It looks acceptable it looks acceptable i want to see a robocop game where you actually get to play as robocop where you have to walk through the world <laughs> with that shitty eight by six hundred view of the world 
and it glitches out all the time and it constantly feeds you way too much data with font that is way too big like the lower third of your screen is like rule four cannot use gun indoors and it's just like what the fuck i can't see anything so you you did just uh accurately describe the ps1 game I know. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, haven't I seen this somewhere before? <laughs> I, I think that is the legitimate RoboCop experience. I, I, I think that... What Robo- if they had a, a SWAT team called RoboSWAT? RoboSWAT would be great, because RoboSWAT would be like... <laughs> Everyone's just find, stacking up. <laughs> find, find gun-shaped objects and cartwheel hands until they collide with them. That's it. It's just gun detect. Is that robot it, from yeah. Star Wars that... uh. Think yeah, about that logistically, yeah. though. Like you, you are you are super bad dudes, right? In Detroit, in future crap sack Detroit, future and crap sack. Yeah. Outside your front door for twenty minutes is like eight RoboCops stack up. <laughs> and they're like, oh, the SWAT team's here, and then they just walk through the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think what would be really funny is if you had real RoboCops, because in RoboCop, they did it well, where you have the car, and it's just a shitbox Taurus, and he gets in it, and his blackboard shitbox Taurus, and he drives around, and it's like scraping the ground. It's like (laughs) scraping the ground. And I'm just thinking, like, if the department had nothing but these guys, as criminals, you could actually outdo them by just getting, like, motorcycles and stuff with better gas mileage. Because it's got an extra, like, two tons in it now, and it can't move very fast. Yeah. So, yeah, all, so it's he'll... bottomed down on the shocks because it's just a Taurus SHO. Right, because the department's cheap as shit. So all you have to do is just drive up and down eight mile on your dirt bike, screaming at them, like, come on, and they're like, pull over, as they drive ten miles an hour, and the engine stops. Then what is he going to do? Start shooting at you? <laughs> <laughs> also, the problem with RoboCop is they never showed, like that you could well i mean there's a lot of problems what about robo mall cop robo mall cop that's get away from that jc penny no it would be start playing the RoboCop song on on a recorder but then have it like have RoboCop fall down the stairs like that would be dun 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 and then down the escalator for 10 minutes as it plays that song yeah, the just, escalator breaks. Yeah. Three people die. <laughs> Instead of his leg opening up and pulling out a gun, it opens up and his Segway wheels kick up. <laughs> yes. Activating Heelys. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we all joke it's about the those more Segways. the way to travel. Uh, we all joke about those Segways, but if we actually knew how to ride them well, they look like they'd be hella fun. I don't think so. I think one of the founders or inventors of Segway, uh, Mr. Segway or something. Jonathan Segway. Jonathan Segway. He always got into the middle of things and bridged them together. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he, I I forget where it was, but one of the guys at the Segway company fell off a cliff on a Segway. Yes, on an off-road Segway. Trying to demonstrate it. And I was like, you know what? If someone that high up in that whole thing, like, can't master it, I ain't getting on one. Wow. Okay. I take it back. I really don't want to ride one now. That's, That's what I'm saying. Like horrifying. that guy's high up there. I mean, it'd be like saying if Tesla was like, Tesla's are perfectly safe and he gets in one and it locks the doors and drives into a lake. Like if that happened, I would be like, wow, that's terrible. That happened with segways and people are still, aren't they cool? And I'm like, I I don't know, man, that it's kind of, I'm nervous about those. Yeah. 
I can punch a horse and I know what will happen. A Segway, on the other hand, I, I've seen where people are like, oh, I've got it back under control. And then all of a sudden it like rabbits into them at like it rabbits into them like it's an impact hammer and then just takes off at 80 miles an hour. And you're going, <laughs> wow, what a cool invention. I was just thinking about what you just said about the horse. I'm like, wait, why do you punch a horse? I have no idea. I've never messed with horses before. Because they bite. Wait, so wait, you're saying you would punch a horse for what reason? For biting. Do you do that? Is I, that like what you have to do? I have before. I'm not like sure. Like shirt punching. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. I'm not yeah, saying like box one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was thinking like you give a jab. Ding, ding, ding. I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't, I don't like give the horse a look in the eyes and then give it a shot. <laughs> I'm just not like, hey, skipper, this is for earlier. And then like, you know, like hey, knock his lights Hey, let me see your horse. Out. I got a left hook I got to work on. <laughs> I'm like, why? You got to fuck a horse up in the ring so it'll respect you in the saddle. No, I mean like, what do you think? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know nothing about horses. No, it's like if it starts biting, you have to be like, no, fuck, quit being yeah, weird. Yeah, uppercut it like Mortal Kombat? Jesus. No. <laughs> A fatality. Oh, Do you think I'm gonna like punch a horse out of its shoes or something? <laughs> like it's I don't know, man. I've never seen anyone actually punch a horse for real. To have one bite you. They bite like crazy. They'll remove fingers. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, they're, they're assholes. They are assholes. But no, we should probably answer some questions now that people know we're experts. <laughs> now that people know we're experts. Horse punching's yeah. legit. All right, this next one's just called Tank Knights. How many halflings could you fit in a half truck if you think? And uh, t- Deputy responded with like 10, 12, I don't know. <laughs> this is Jacob, and this is a Tank Knights question. If you could pick something more unusual to be your tank in a, in the world of Tank Knight, what would you choose? Personally, I'd be stuck between going with a priest and having like a couple of guys with halberds hanging off the back, or a uh, I think it was the LVT four, so it's like the amphibious tank with that little short uh, seventy five millimeter gun. Uh, anywho, would love to hear you guys' thoughts on uh, if you could pick a unusual tank to drive for that kind of setting. A deputy, in your answer, you had written long ago half track because you could put like 10, 12, you know, halflings in yeah, it. Yeah, halflings in it. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, whatever. Well, uh, yeah. For proper tank, I don't know, like M24 Chaffee, maybe? Boom. Definitely something American. No, here's I what can't I do. fit in Soviet armor. No, I try. Here for tank. I've driven a T 3485. It was miserable. Yeah, it's, it's like, I hope you're five and foot it, nothing. <laughs> And that was a post-war made T-34. So, you know, you couldn't see through the gaps in the welded armor plate. Don't worry about that. It lets the air in. Now, look, here's here's my idea. Um, like, when it comes down to tanks, if you're going to do, like, because I know a lot of people just say, oh, the most modern blah, blah, blah. Because if you bring in Age of Lasers, Missiles, blah, 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 it gets very boring samey. So you have to put some mm-hmm. restraints on it because a lot of that stuff is also designed to work with combined arms. It's not a lot. It's not designed to go out there and fight for its life on its own, like a lot of World War II armor was designed to do. So I like the idea of the priest of having halberds off the back because you got the howitzer and then you got the halberds. So that's that's very much like a pike and shot line from the 1400s. You've got cannons and and murder sticks. My personal take for being able to sword fight from tank top is the M18 Hellcat 
because it's really fucking fast and you could have a knight on top just kind of casually hanging out, you know, with his halberd and like, huzzah, friends, I will kill you with 90 millimeters of justice. Actually, that's a 76 mil, but they did have 90 mil versions in the Jackson and some other stuff. But I know they, they lo- also love playing, uh, putting different guns on different gun carriages because why the fuck not? Oh, yeah. I would, if I had an unusual tank, uh, choice it would be tank knights yeah for tank knights uh, my unusual tank would just be a tank with a giant loudspeaker on it and it would just be playing like band music so you'd hear like the like overture for 1812 or something i oh my god i thought of something even better all right yeah. so tank knights tank okay calliope my all right you know you know okay everyone out there's nodding they know what a calliope is calliope mike is a sherman it's a Sherman tank. Okay. But on top, it's got like basically a giant bed frame full of missiles, right? Okay. I think I've seen it before. Yeah. Unguided and the idea, rockets. Yeah. Unguided rockets, just shitloads of bazooka rockets that you touch yeah, off. Yeah. Get, get away from me rockets. Yeah, exactly. So what if you replace those with just a giant loudspeaker so you can drive up with that tank and all they could see is the loudspeaker above the hedgerow or whatever? Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And then it just starts playing whatever you got. Yeah. You're like, all right. It's a long way to Tipperary, boys. This one's to the Hun over on the other side of the lines. And it just starts playing like phonograph music. And they're like, oh. I just want to be able to have like a battlefield and they're all just like waiting like impatiently for the enemy. And you just start hearing over the horizon higher and higher. Just coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's just echoing through the field. They're like, what the fuck? Is this Ghostbusters 2? What well, the fuck's going on? What about, what about something crazy like a... Uh, medium tank mark three right yeah where the the british couldn't decide if multiple turrets on the front of their tank were a good idea or not the t28 t35 smk uh all of those tanks and that family same poison vickers type 7b independent i mean all all of that all of that fucking shit the cruiser mark one did the same yeah or god there's a lot of good tanks for that so thank you for asking that's a good tank question all right. Um, we may have already ans- uh, answered this question, so I'm just going to play it anyway, and we'll figure it out. This one just uh, is a deputy answer. It just says, funnily enough, you were the first to mention it, Jacob. All right. Jacob here again, and I don't know if you've already gotten a bunch of messages on this subject already, but oh my god, have you seen the Facebook glasses? Their attempt at uh, doing a better take on the Google glasses using Ray-Bans? <laughs> oh man, the ad Oh god, the video on YouTube Designed with your privacy in mind <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> oh my god, it's just It's just a perfect another check mark for Shadowrun <laughs> here's, your, here's your cool punk glasses That'll record shit for you don't worry, we won't we won't possibly ever use those to hack into your life. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think I need to say anything to that. That's another one for the dystopia list and that gets me right the in the feels. Only thing I have to add is that I uh read just a couple of days ago that the Facebook uh Ray-Ban wayfarers with clear lenses in them uh, are going to have speakers built into the temples so no. that you can play and enjoy your music. No. The yes. cyberpunk reel. Here's what I want. Because it wasn't already 
dumb enough they here's, have to make sure that everyone else can hear you thumping your tunes on the subway. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want AR glasses like Shadowrun, like Cyberpunk. But here's what I absolutely want. I want those to be pit vipers. <laughs> I want those to be pit vipers from the 69 case. And I want them to be giant. So when you get into the zone shimmer, people know you are spinning and they know that deck is going to burn. I want people to know that you are in the matrix and they are to die. All right. The next one. Uh, actually, we've answered all these. So uh, in, in this at this point, we've actually caught up on all the backlog of all the labeled questions, and we're caught up to the now of questions, which means we're still like four months behind. So we are less than a year behind on podcast questions, and we are desperately trying to answer all of your questions. Please, God, please know we are trying. But now we are at the unlabeled point, which may or may not become labeled in the future, but it's okay. I have the guy here who normally shields these <laughs> and labels them. And I know that it's going to be a good time. Deputy, are you ready to hear some unfiltered questions with us and say, I would have filtered that out every third question? Yeah. 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 All right. Here we go. This one is just whatever. Hey, people. It's me, Nimby, again. Uh-huh. Got a bit of a more serious question for you this time. So I remember Tex mentioning that he's got had a more or less permanent case of depression. And Correct. As someone who's got had a similar situation. And, and whose methods of coping aren't working as well as they used to. I was wondering if you'd be willing to share your means of, of coping with the, the sads whenever they hit in force. And if any of you guys who deal with text a lot have means of, of helping cheer him up, I wouldn't mind hearing that as well. Just something for uh, us fellow sad sacks. Hope to hear from you before December. Nimby. Oh, which December, which December we will hear it before this December. <laughs> Nimby, I, I promise you that. Sorry, bud. Look, sadness sucks. Yes, I have clinically uncurable depression. It's just fucking major. Everyone's given up. All the therapists are like, this just happens. And none of the medication works for long. It's fucking miserable. So I'm a workaholic. I fill my time with work and I have friends who drag me back from killing myself with work when I approach the precipice. And that's what works for me. It's not the healthiest thing in the world, but it's allowed me to create rather than wallow in self-pity and sit there and go, nothing ever happens good. I just go out there and I make shit happen good. And even when I fuck up, I learn something and at least say I tried. Having ownership of shit like this is really important. It's how you kind of move past it. It's very easy to feel overwhelmed if you do nothing all day and nothing works. It's very good to go home at the end of the day and say, well, at least I got some shit done. Work, chores, projects, purpose. These things help, and these things help guide us, I find. Even just a short walk. Yeah. Um, it is It is amazing how much just accomplishing one small little thing actually helps. I agree. I mean, I absolutely agree. I, I knew somebody who got jacked, jacked during the time of COVID. And I said, what did you do? And they said they started feeling nervous. Like day three of go home and work permanently. And I'm like, okay, and what did you do? And they said they didn't know what else to do. So they bought a Bowflex and all the other stuff. And just with all that energy that they normally have running around the office, all they did was just go into the room and use that until they felt tired. And so for the two years of, they were like, man, I was falling apart. I was having all this horrible fucking anxiety. I was just constantly anxious. And I'm like, dude, you got in amazing shape. And he's like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm like, see, that's that's sometimes you can use bad to make good happen or good or happen. I mean, I, I I still told him like maybe Wellbutrin or something might help you out, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's something that's purposeful that expends that energy in a way that's not just worry is is really good. Yeah. All right. Next one is this. Hello, Deputy. Thank you for taking the time to screen my question. Hi, Tex, <laughs> Mr. Mike, and the other fine fellows and or fellowettes who are joining you for this edition of the podcast. You are the Terminator. Ooh. Instead of 1984, you are sent back to today. What do you choose when you rob the gun store as model of equivalents of the AR-18, 45 long slide with laser sighting, SPUS-12, and Uzi 9mm that Arnie used in the film? Choices must be legally purchased, but in your home jurisdiction, I won't spoil the fun by limiting you to modern California compliance. For bonus points, same question, but it's 1954. Thank you for providing hours of entertainment. The podcast keeps me smiling and just occasionally doubling over in laughter. All right. Thank you, uh, British Baron, who sounds as though he commands a large part of, like, rural England. He sounds like he owns a boot blacking factory. Like, he's just like, oh, what is that? The tots came at me, hat in hand, as it were, demanding only six and a half days labor. I will show them the belt. And then, like, you see, like, kids getting ground around in the factory wheels. And they're like, please, we just wish we could have supper. And he's like, silence, you'll get the hose he has a great voice like yes. he really does he sounds like he could read the laws for the queen yes like the queen he comes out and he's like i'm sorry but her majesty has declared france is illegal and <laughs> finally like, everyone cheers and france cheers too because they're like yeah wait what <laughs> you should be destroyed and become aquitaine in Brittany once more <laughs> so france would just cheer because they just like partying so they just be like france yeah. likes getting out Professor Gearton. <laughs> anyway, this this shit aside, right. what what would be your uh, okay. Terminator choice? If modern it came Terminator. Back modern day? Now he said legal, and I'm assuming that like the movie, you have to go into a gun store and get it and walk out with it. Yeah. Now here's the thing: I can give the movie answer, or I can give the real answer. Because if you <laughs> want to go get a real machine gun, any police cruiser, instantly. Well, depends on the department. 90% of police departments in America, if you open the danger case or the mag lock, you have instant access to high-grade boom-boom. I think They've turned in a lot of those M16s that had been uh, 1033'd. So so it's like three-round burst kind of situation. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, an AR is an AR. But if you look at the original movie, right, because Kyle Reese breaks into a cop car, or rather just reaches in, really. Yeah. And yeah, gets, and grabs the shotgun yeah, off the seat. Right, so I'm saying that that is the level of grabbing firepower that you could still do today. You could still do that. It's if highly it's, illegal, and you will probably get shot. Oh, yeah, but, this is, <laughs> but we're saying the Terminator. The Terminator. So, however, he said we are the Terminator. So he's saying the gun scene, he goes in, oh. he asks for everything with a, except for the uh, plasma rifle in the 40-watt range, and the guy's like, hey, what you see is what you got. And and he offers, of course, the impractical laser, which they made for the movie. Yeah. And the power pack mm-hmm. actually went down his sleeve, and it lasted like seven minutes. But it's not far off from the push-it-to-the-limit laser bullshit that people were doing back then. So it comes down to gun choices of a modern gun whatever. And I have anything from a modern American gun store. Now, the Hollywood option is I get an AR 
and an AR and 800 AR accessories, and that's it. That's the Hollywood option. If it is me with the knowledge I have today, I look up a class three dealer, I walk in there, and I go get any number of transferable machine guns. And then it becomes party like it's 1954. Now, if the Terminator went back to 1954, (laughs) all he would have to do is go to the Numrich Arms Corporation and buy Thompson's for like $100 a piece. And they'd be like, how many do you want? You could buy an anti-tank rifle through the mail without an ID. There were no gun serial numbers until 19... Well, there were no gun serial numbers until 1967. So it's like, at least in American commercial firearms. So you could just go around and be like, pre-May 86, buy machine guns. It wasn't a problem. You could just have them. So he could be like, instead of going into a gun shop, he could go into a warehouse and he could be like, 40 pounds of Thompsons, 40 pounds of BARs, 50 bazookas, dead charge, and they'd just throw it all in. They wouldn't care. They would just load up a train with it. That's yeah, what they and were they're like, all about. right, that's going to cost you the, this much money. And he just walks away with it like he does in the movie. Hey, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't even have to shoot him. They wouldn't notice. They'd just give him the crates. They'd assume that you were just taking it to a surplus store. They would. They, I mean, it was just giant warehouses of Cold War shit. All the World War II and interwar shit was being thrown away in the 50s. And it was just sitting in giant arsenals. And it ended up popping up in Congo and all these other places. So it's like... Yeah, giant arms bazaar. If he went back then, he could be like, I will have 800 M1 Garands. And they'd be like, that'll be 3750 <laughs> Where am I going to get 3000 No, 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 $37. Jesus Christ. They're not worth that much. <laughs> what do you think this is? The Kaiser? <laughs> He's been dead a while, I hope. Oh. Uh, yeah, De- what would you choose in the modern era? Uh, if you were the Terminator and you had to destroy like some some random person because robot brain sent you in the past to do this, Sarah so, Connor. There's a practical answer, well, and there's, then there's not. Well, there's the Hollywood answer, right? Which, as you know, would be what is the slickest, coolest, latest thing that would be in a display oh, yeah, the case? Hollywood answer, like if Terminator were made right now and we'd never seen the series before, sure, it'd be John Wick. Yeah, it would. It he'd would have the little comps on the pistols, and he'd just be like walking forward, and his arms are a blur as he shoots millions of henchmen. Yeah, yeah. with a pistol. Well, it's not only that. I think he would show taking a Glock and buying a simple one, and then just getting all the parts off the internet or making his own, and then whatever. They would probably lean into that now. To be honest, yeah, it's a ghost gun, right? Nobody well, can trace it. Yeah. Okay, he's like eight foot tall and made of steel. I'm a robot. <laughs> I'm a robot from the future. No one can detect yeah. who I am because of my natural accent to Los Angeles. I'd have him buy there, him. No, sorry, good. Yeah, there comes a point where the gun is the least dangerous part of that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's like so fast. He could run at like 80. Yeah, I always thought that it was like, well, maybe it was just a limitation in the movie and they didn't want to make him like a a superman he could tear out of his skin by running fast enough like that's how fast he could go yeah um i would probably have him buy a mortar off of wish like that's that's my scene (laughs) i went to the Uh, website and purchased a weapon why would anyone lie on the internet 
Yeah, like no, it yeah. doesn't get it. It doesn't get <laughs> that people lie on the internet. So it buys all these weapons on Wish, and then it like encounters Sarah Connor and as like fucking Chinese stars that like explode when you throw them at the wall, <laughs> and, and like ghost guns that just obl- like as soon as he pulls the trigger, they just come apart. <laughs> as a Amazon Basics Glock. Oh my god. Hey god, could you imagine if he goes into instead of a gun store like the weeb edged weapons store? Yes, he goes to a mall and he's oh. like, I require a sword to destroy a woman and and they're like, Oh, we get that all the time because <laughs> neckbeards, you know. And uh Yeah. Go ahead and slay that dragon, man. You got this. Yeah, you got it. And so it like sells him something, like sells him the sword from Highlander. And yeah. and he's using that. <laughs> But but it's got, you know, anime etchings on the blade, and he's got the uh, throwing knives from Naruto that don't actually work. That Or he finds that, like, modern, modern weapons aren't easy to get uh, because of all the laws. So he goes in, and he's like, I need this. And they're like, I need all these IDs. So he goes to a pawn shop, and he's like, I need all these things. And, like, I need all, all these IDs. And he notices cameras everywhere. So he just starts getting into, like, cheaper weapons. He finds out that black powder doesn't require an ID. So you just have like occasionally like a musket round go off and then he just walks toward you, arms perfectly stable, reloading the musket as he walks forward. He, it's You know, what's funny is he could probably just go to any modern military base and just take whatever he wants because they're well, the only way that they're the fence. He could walk through the fence, but also like he, <laughs> he just, he's not like robocop where you can clearly hear this dude like he sneaks up on motherfuckers and you know these people guarding armories are just fucking off not look they're just looking at their phone or whatever you know you what are guards. yeah there's nothing to do well i i think i think what would be funny is that like i think it would be really neat to see the terminator just do things that were like likely yeah like really really likely like it finds out where Sarah Connor is, and then like a machine, it just walks straight in a straight, undying line straight to her house. Beep, through, beep, through, beep, yeah, beep, through walls beep, and yeah. everything. Through walls and everything. It just, throughout the movie, instead of seeing the Terminator tracking her down, you just see it walking through like living rooms and shit. <laughs> and and it, just, it just keeps walking forward, and everything that gets in the way, it just gives them the long slide. <laughs> like by the time it gets to her, it has like three or four people hanging on it, stabbing it. <laughs> and and they're, it's just dragging them and walking forward. People are shooting at it. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, there's there's yeah. a police car that's just driving in the perfectly straight line behind it that stretches to infinity. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's walking forward. It's like the end of the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. God. So I thought of a way to end the Terminator that would have undermined the whole thing as an alternate ending that would be hilarious. What? All right. And I I know that this would be a cheap way to do it, but it would have been hilarious if they did it like this for no reason. Okay, so the Terminator comes out after the the model truck wrecks and the Terminator comes out and he walks uh, as his little model puppet T-800 out of the the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if at that point, out of nowhere, you just had like 80 cops show up like at the end of a police movie, you know? Or, you know, just like lethal weapon or whatever 80 cop cars show up they all get their guns out and you have the guy who played the police sergeant from robocop go hey man it's a fucking robot and they all just shoot it and then the credits roll and it starts playing i'll be home by christmas Uh, like the end of die hard 2 yeah they just keep shooting him yeah 
for the whole credits. Yeah. Shoot him so much that he's just covered in impermeable lead. Yeah. He looks like the back of a range. That's what I mean. Like they, they just they shoot him up so much that there's not a straight love piece of metal in the whole thing. All right. Let's take a look at this next question. Hey podcast, Magnificent Flounder again. Uh still listening through everything and absolutely loving it. I also love when you get gypsy, just when you involve the greater, like have one other legionnaire that comes in it's mwah, chef's kiss but uh listening to it i had a pretty deep thunk question um and mike actually you expo- you put this in my brain what is the best way to get somebody into a new hobby like you normally you're like oh this thing's so great and then you show it to them because you have these expectations and you're waiting there like looking at them like a fucking weirdo like oh don't you love it as much as i do and and you know you can overhype it so what's the best way do you think to expose somebody and get them into something you genuinely love thank you again and uh yeah awesome we always love having additional people on the podcast that always just adds perspective and flavor and lots of different voices and we appreciate it it's just sometimes because of our scheduling or whatever uh in the last minute nature of sometimes how we set up conversations it's like oh let's continue what we were talking about before and then we get into that and then we forget oh yeah and so usually it's just whoever's on hand or if they're tangentially related to it um now as far as getting people into a new hobby mike i i think you can lead us off here i have no idea uh to get new people into a new hobby we've been trying for a long time man that's a really good question. I don't have an answer for that. I I think it's just called see what people like about it. I mean, don't force people into a hobby, but if if you have somebody who just wants to play with something new, if they're like, "Oh, cool, I think D&D is neat." Don't choke them in the deep into 3.0 or 3.5. Maybe, you know, play some 5e with them and show them a simple adventure and be like, "This is what D&D's really like." So they have an understanding of like how D&D is versus maybe what they have seen or heard. And, you know, just slowly walk them into it, um, baby steps. And if it's not for them, that's cool. Some people like 40K, and all they do is like the minis, or all they do is like the art. They don't give a fuck about anything else, or the video games, or what have you. And I think that sometimes uh, people are only capable of understanding a single facet of something, or maybe even just grasping it and having a fun reaction to it. Yeah, I was was just thinking, like, I don't really have... I know your hobbies. What is that? Uh, playing terrible video games with your friends and making us eat MREs. I've lived a lot of that. Oh, you mean like getting people to play video games? Well, that's not hard. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a hobby. Yeah, but that's not, it's not really that hard to get someone to play a game, though, if you're, uh, you know, if you're able to make it a fun time, because that's what I try to do. Like, like, yeah, I know the first Laura Bow is not a very good game because well, it's an yeah. old game, but Getting, I also like, but well, you have to get people into point and click somehow. We got to have fun with it. No, I, I like there's, there, I'm like, there's a beginning and end to the story that has been written before us. And I wish to explore this with you and have fun with it. Oh my God. And the problem with Laura Bow is it's like saying, Hey man, I know you're thirsty, but how about you drink some piss? That's, that's how Laura Bow was. It's it, we, not, we, well, it's fun for us. We had a good time making fun of it. We had to go through that thing like a fucking bomb disposal team. We and just I, had I to like find r- all of the yeah. things we had to solve. And it was like, do this, do that, do this, do that, but not before this. Okay, X, yep. y, XYZ protocol. And we just solved it like air traffic control. You had to. Because if you did, it was like an 18-hour game of was, like dying. Was, <laughs> well, we realized that if you had played that game as the intro to point and clicks, you would hate it. Probably. 
because... Yeah, they would think that that's what they're all about, and it's not. Well, it's not only that. There were so many events that you had to do in such a precise order yeah. that you would hard lock yourself into a bad end at a certain point and be like, why? And it would be like, oh, that thing you did three hours ago. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you have to start all over. The idea was that they, they expected you to have a pen and paper, and you're like keeping track of everything, and then you're supposed to somehow solve it that way. But it never becomes that, it, it, and especially with those games, it's like, it, it just becomes like, what did the developer design that I have to now well, figure out? Good point and click, as you point out, Mike, is like the captain, where yeah. it makes you want to play the game and want to interact with things, and it tells a fun story and has fun characters and gameplay, and that's it's a game of exploration yeah. and adventure. People, like, people say like Monkey Island, there's a reason why people say it's one of the best play it you'll see yeah. why and if you've never played a point and click that's the one yeah or and day of the tentacle but one of those two those are the two that no matter how many people i've met in my life you want to get into point and click games those are the two that'll get you started that's like the super mario brothers right there yeah and as as you pointed out like with the captain that shit's not dead nope people still make them we're playing unavowed it's a really it looks like like, it looks like just like a, a low-budget indie game at times, but it's got some great voice acting, and the story's fucking interesting as shit. It's like World of Darkness point-and-click, and it it doesn't present itself as that, but it basically is. Well, and I think you've kind of illustrated how to get people into things, Mike. You just play it. You show people it. That's, yeah. that's kind of your way. And I would say that you've done it so long and so competently. That might qualify as your best hobby. Yeah, uh, showing people old point and clicks or new ones. No, like not Sneef's only that. Adventure. Showing people what they don't know. Yeah. Because as you pointed out to me once in PC Gamer, where they said action adventure point and click is dead. Yeah. That, and it killed everything. And you're like, no, that's wrong. Let me show you. Yeah. And I that's that's kind of what everyone wanted to say. Same thing with uh, FMV games. Um, it Tesla Effect. It's a it's a game. It's a fourth game in the Tex Murphy series. A game series that is really beloved because it does fmv incredibly well and it's funny it's it's like you can find stuff out there that's that's still of that genre but you can still go back and play that it's just the fun part of it i didn't know that was my hobby though i never really put that together it couldn't be i mean it's about time dedication and interest and influence i yeah. mean that's a hobby yeah that's that makes sense i do like my retro games you do and you, you genuinely like them because you grew up with them. You're not one of these guys that's like, hey, guys, let's talk about the 80s. Wow, everyone played E.T. until it burned all the Ataris in existence. Now they're in a landfill, top 10. And you're like, Jesus Christ. I, I'm like, I got the entire Nintendo library of games that probably were never actually released because it was illegal on my <laughs> PSP. And it's amazing. I know. You, it's amazing. You, well, you live that shit and you love it and it shows. Yeah. Dem, what about getting people into a hobby? What what experience do you have with new hobbies and new ventures and new adventures and all of that shit? I, I think the crucial thing, and Flounder touched on it a little bit, is recognize that you are infatuated with this, but you and they are not the same person. I've always kind of despise when people are like oh you haven't seen this movie what the fuck is wrong with you this and this and that yeah because it really it that social contract it sets expectations on you that you feel uh averse to not meeting if you don't like the thing enough 
Maybe that's just my anxiety talking. No, no. I think uh, you're all right on the money, man. I, I noticed that with fucking movies where just movies all day where I've seen people shit on someone. They go, oh, you like films, but you haven't seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. You don't understand. I'm like, motherfucker, you don't need to see The Birds to understand that, that parts of that movie are scary and that things that you can't explain in nature are terrifying. That's yeah. man versus nature. That's as old as written text. I watched it, and you know what I learned from that movie? Birds being thrown at windows is frightening. It's not only that. I, I learned that there are some places in this world that should never have a self-service gas station, and that was one of them. I'm sorry. I looked at the way that gas station exploded. I'm like, there should there should not be a self-serve here. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean... This is not this is not what I well at least no I think it was somebody else's car but you know what I mean. Well I've seen people do that even with just trying to be like browbeating about films that are even niche. They'll be like, "Oh, you <sighs> haven't watched this indie film of this early director? Of course you haven't. Have you been to the Skylake district? Of course you haven't." And I'm like, they're trying to yeah, they're trying to bring you into their little uh, I I like I just tell them point blank, I like Canon films. You want to talk about Invasion USA? They blew up that real subdivision for real. They blew that up. That really exploded. They shot up that whole subdivision for that fucking movie. That's real. I can talk about that all day, but when it comes down to like Kubrick, I'll be like, yeah, he was OCD and it shows. There's a lot of stuff that's brilliant, but Eyes Wide Shut is shit, and I don't care what anyone says. I think that's a shit movie. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't think anyone will disagree with you, no, at least I, in our circle. I had all of these Kubrick people like, you don't understand, or it was edited by so, but Kubrick's genius. And I'm like, boo, who cares? I just could not bring myself to care. I know it was probably edited shit, but no matter how I edit it in my head, I go, not a great movie. No. Not a strong finish for the guy. No. At all. I didn't care for it. So next question, I guess. All right. The next question is this one. I I have an issue with your podcast, and for the life of me, I can't seem to downvote it. Whether I try on a, a you said do it on Apple, I have tried Macintosh, I have tried Golden Delicious, I just, I can't. So you get minus five stars. In all of the episodes I've listened to, you have not clarified what color of black, be it obsidian, be it charcoal, and you haven't. You haven't told me what pants you wear. Like, you know, I'll be damned if it's denim. I like a nice corduroy, you know. Also, with, with Legion, you don't have, you know, a, the, the, the proper amount of people. You know, it's, it's more like a cohort. So minus <laughs> five stars. And scene. Yeah. I would have marked it as a comment. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, the black is black. The pants are pants, and I'm not no, wearing. Well, them. mine are not. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you for that wonderful interjection. That was interesting. Uh, that was a number of accents. Um, all in one go. One go. In one go. Thank you. The the Mrs. Doubtfire. Boston Public Library. Choice. We're cleaning my grandfather's estate, and we found a gun. Um, we need a book to help us figure out how many people this has killed. It's a, it's a chamber-made gun. It's a chamber number three. <laughs> I did actually have that happen at my gun shop. It was a fucking sad day. Anyways, text. I also have the cannon itch. Uh, I got shoot an M8 howitzer, 75 mil, when I was in the Air Force because the Army needed to borrow people. So, I've 
I also have promised to own a cannon. But did you know you can order golf ball shoot firing cannons for about $400? They only weigh about 20 pounds. I'm thinking about making, uh, reproing a hackbutt out of one because it sounds horrifying to shoulder fire this thing. And that excites me. All right. Well, um, yeah, uh, if, if you found a gun, you should do what you think you should do with it. But uh, yeah, I can only imagine if someone called the Berkeley Public Library about gun information, they'd be like police, as any public institution would. So um, yeah, I know there's a multitude of cannons, multitude of options of cannons. Uh, in purchasing a cannon, I want to make sure that I buy a good one. And I need to have some land to make that happen. So being that I am a poor boy from a poor family, and I intend to spare my life from this monstrosity, I will exercise some fiscal caution when purchasing cannons. But when I do, it will not be shooting golf balls, that I assure you. Well, it might shoot It might shoot like 40 of them. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Like, yeah. Okay, Deb. Idea. Sport. I have an idea for a sport. And it's better than my idea of competitive whipping. Well, okay, competitive whipping. Is that like, is is this like two people on opposite ends with whips? And they're like, Yeah, they're, they're on pitcher's mounds 20 feet apart. They got 21-foot bull whips. Whoever's still standing wins. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> is that like in the Pain Olympics? <laughs> like, so do they take turns or is it just three, two, one, go? <laughs> uh, there's, there's different rules for different uh you know tiers there's gonna <laughs> so 21 football whips they're 20 feet apart on pitchers mounds and they just swing at each other they just yeah. they they throw that competition in between each inning just to like yeah, spice the, it the up Olympic version of the sport is just three two one go as fast <laughs> as you can right Mother of Christ. I mean, I, I just, and you're, you're the guy who helps us with our theme parks. So thank you. <laughs> like free breadsticks, man, free breadsticks. And then like the Tommy tomatoes, tomato, witches, which is just ketchup and tomato slice and bread. <laughs> and, and you were like $8 and people loved it. Um, I'm so thirsty. For it. Yeah, people having renal failure in our part from the salt. Their feet are all swelling up like balloons. And they're like, I'm so thirsty. I've had 85 sodas today and I can't seem to get enough water. And then they go to. Strange that. And then they go down to like feeling satisfied or whatever the name of the restaurant is, which is just MSG code. Sacrifice the week. Oh, it's Sacrifice (laughs) the week. My bad. It got so bad there was trash everywhere because people were just buying food they had to constantly. Buy, they had to Depp created a cycle where they had to constantly drink pitiful amounts of water that he was selling like it was it was you would sell them a it was it was called ice cones, not snow cones. And ice cones contain forty cents worth of ice. No, what was it? It was like it was less than that. It was five cents. It was five, five cents, cents worth of worth ice. Of shaved ice in a paper. Yeah, in a paper, paper cup. And and yeah, in a paper cone. And what was the price? Uh, at the end, about four fifty. So four dollars <laughs> and fifty cents for like a nickels worth of shaved ice in a cone. So like a scrape of it. Yeah. And then yeah. he would sell that, and and he'd be like, "Get your ice cones here," and that was the only hydration. So people are like dying because everything Depp has sold them is just encrusted with MSG. 
Yeah. I'm MSG re- and salt. That's the only only thing I don't start rationing immediately. Yeah. So Depp made this horrible like oasis of 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 of, of tiny amounts of water. And then and then he metered it, and then we started making really odd amounts of change for the bathroom, like seven cents. Yeah, yep. And we, which we, I believe the bathroom got up to seventeen cents. And our park was like beautifully decorated by Hosfe and just like Gypsy's super lava track, like oh, Mario his Kart. La- his Mario Kart lava track was so good. Yeah, it was just like the Rainbow Road. Like it was, there was no guardrails. It's like eight hundred feet in the air, and it just goes around and around over a giant lava lake with a giant concrete whale in it. And and then there's paddle boats going around in that lava lake. And I was like, what a fucking ride. And people were just going like, it's okay. And I'm like, motherfucker, like, did you not see the guy who went off the edge and burst into flames? And they're like, <laughs> eh, it's all right. I wish there was something more intense. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then we built the towers. Yeah. And we also then spread the park out and got the uh, trash cleaned up at the end. I, we were always like on the every, this is the thing with Parkitect. That's what we're talking about. Um, is that every single time we're always chasing the, the end of the loan. Every single game. We're always chasing the, the end of that loan. We never make like... We can make a shitload of money really quickly, but then it's just like, oh, here's December. That's what really screws us is the seasonal nature of the work. Don't worry. Um, I, 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 I don't think that's going to hurt us at all. I think austerity measures will win the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think long grilled cheese is just the beginning. All right. Let's go to the next question. Hey, this is this uh, that one guy from Montana again. Um, as I'm sitting here in my hotel room with no silverware, eating this ramen, so I look like a Cthulhu monster when I pull my head away. Got me to thinking, if you could go to any country in the world at all, where would you visit? Now, I understand that's a hard question to ask because, you know, I don't want to get my passport, but maybe you all have your passport. I don't know. But oh. I feel like there's some cool places out there I'll never get to see. Please elaborate. Is this like, it was like a, an old, I feel like this is Red Dead Redemption and there's a guy with a campfire just telling us random stories and we're just sitting I, here I, like, what? And he's eating the whole time? Yeah, it sounded like you had an eating animation going in the background, but I know that's probably not the intent, but it sounded like an NPC sitting at a campfire. Mike's right. It, it That's that's uncanny. You've, yeah. you've achieved that. That's perfect. Uh, as far as places in the world I'd like to see, um, I think it would be probably cool for uh, just just to be able to walk around the places of England where Tolkien saw that kind of inspired the Shire and just have a walk around those places or go see the real Shire down in New Zealand. But I'm sure that's full of tourists and I hate outside. So I'll watch the movies. Probably a good call. Also, planes are expensive. Well, for me, it's... Uh actually um antarctica antarctica i do i want to go see it one day but i don't think i'll ever be able to because what who's gonna go there for what what reason would i be able to go with them you know what i mean Mike, just 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 get on the boat like they're like hey we're going down to the thing and you're like yeah me too and then and yeah just, i'm yeah. sure they'll they'll be like hey did you bring your food rations i'm like haha yeah nope i didn't bring any of that i bet if you just started eating other people's food and just kept talking about how grateful you were to be here. I, I think they wouldn't know what to say. No, I, I I think I'd have a good time in Antarctica. I just want to see the the endless wastes. I actually I thought long and hard about taking a contract in Antarctica for uh, fire. 
Um, a lot of fire in Antarctica, is there? A lot of a lot of forest fires. Well, there's a lot of planes coming in and leaving. Yeah. Uh, so they have to have a very professional fire department. Also, I think they did have a building burned down a couple of years ago. That must have been weird. They must have been like yeah. like it, back in the eighties. Yeah, well, I mean, while the building slowly well, well no, the, like two thousand and thirteen, I believe they had a nuclear reactor there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was thinking it'd be funny, like it's burning down, and then like there's a certain part of that burning building where it's just really nice. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. between warm and like too cold, and you just stand there as the building burns down, and you're like, ah. So the funny thing is all the supply flights and, you know, moving people back and forth between McMurdo Station, those all fly out of Christchurch, New Zealand. Yes. Part of the contract was they had to gather everybody. So if you were one of the first people to get to Christchurch on your company-funded ticket, you just got three weeks paid time fucking around in New Zealand, which seemed like a good idea. That's that's a pretty good fucking deal. That's not a bad deal at all. Yeah, the pay sucked. But you're getting room and board as well, so that doesn't really matter. And you can see I've worked on the bottom of the world. Oh, yeah. If you get stationed instead of at uh, McMurdo to the South Pole Station, you can make some moolah doing that. You know, oh, send me your product and I'll take a picture of it touching the South Pole, like the physical pole they mounted. Ah, excellent. You can say it's the southernmost, you know, water cooler that has ever been. I I will just sell a bunch of rocks that have been on the South Pole to people on the internet saying like they're magical magnet rocks they'll heal uh nothing they, they don't heal they're they're just power energy just stand by out. them <laughs> just stand out there when it like these are ice crystals <laughs> yeah, yeah. stand out there with dan Aykroyd's vodka like that skull <laughs> vodka oh god and be like this is the only place on the planet where herkimer diamonds are no good and just have it filled with water so when you throw it on the ground that skull explodes but the skull like insert with hard water remains and you're like my god the herkimer diamonds and then you just shoot a commercial and they ask you to stop <laughs> firmly but politely to cease and desist you're like i thought he liked ghosts yeah <laughs> like, but ghosts in the commercial oh my god why not like, ghosts hey. explode out of the skull when you throw it down. Yeah. And then you're like, Herkimer Diamond Vodka Skull Candy Vodka TM. No, I would just... Uh, Designed I, by that guy who wrote Blues Brothers. I, I would convince people that I can hear them uh, on the North Pole through the South Pole. I would use, like, a big old piece of string, you know, on a can. I would act... Have it tied to a rock into the snow. Yeah, I, exactly. I would, I, would have, <laughs> I would have a hatch. I would just have a hatch shipped down there. I'd bolt it together, and I'd act like I had a secret hatch, like Antarctica was hollow. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So just have I photos. I found it. Yeah, just be like, oh, my God. And it just has, like, writing in, in Latin on it. And you're like, ah, oh, the Romans built it. It's like, oh, man, this is like XCOM. <laughs> just, there's, like, a whole fucking facility down there, and it's just a bunch of guys, like... No, we're just a weather station. What the fuck? Are you the thing? Please be the thing. Yeah, I wonder how many... Yeah, everyone in uh, Antarctica probably deals with a thing on a daily basis. They probably are like, no. I, there's four dogs here and you're not one of them. And he just has to burn it with a flamethrower. <laughs> oh, God. You, you open the door to the library and you see this massive VHS collection. And you realize that it is just different home video recordings of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that changes is the local commercials on the station they've recorded it from. That's horrible. That's horrible. 
That's that's You're stuck awful. Stuck here for a year. Enjoy. Oh, cool. Let's watch San Diego TV's version of the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucked up. Has the Rotel commercial? They cut out it. the very end of the scene on this one, so they could have a used car commercial. <laughs> Rotel wanted their fifteen minutes. Yeah, it like they they do it right in the middle of someone going <gasps> and come on down to. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite was when they spliced commercials in like that, like within aliens. I remember one of my favorite. What? I remember one of my favorite was they had a light night matinee or whatever of aliens, and so right as uh, when that when that when Bishop Two gets split in half by the Queen Alien and she, he explodes, they cut as he started spraying puke out of his mouth from that. They cut there in the studio to an A and W commercial. <laughs> that's great <laughs> like that's that's when they're like, hard oh. cut not yeah. like a fade out no just, it was just a hard cut <laughs> everyone just <laughs> having a good time with aw yeah people having big foamy drafts of root beer just <laughs> seeing this guy get impaled <sighs> so they were cutting it like what is the pixel i can't show yeah. You know what I mean? And the guy in the booth was just like, don't worry, I'll cut it right at the last minute. And he's just playing fucking chicken with the film. Just being like, eh, cut. You know. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, I, I saw in that same block, growing up as a kid in Texas, I saw Terminator 2 on TV with the same treatment. And anytime there was gore, the guy cut away to like a Sonic commercial. So it was like the guy, like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he's going to, like, cut open his arm and tear it off. They're like, Sonic corn dogs, And it just would cut in right there. <laughs> no wonder we're such a fat country. We see a lot of violence. And then it's like, meat, smoke. Yeah. I brought to you by Marlboro and Chesterton cigarettes. That makes a lot of sense, actually. It does. Yeah, because no, it's, it's portion control and then what's in our food. Because, like, all the Europeans that I've had over here for longer than a week or two have all put on, like, 15 pounds. Well, one of my, well, that's, that's one of the things. I I was healthy up until now. I do not know what is happening. I was like, well, normally you can get away with the extra chicken nugget, Hans, but not in America. (laughs) Not in America. If you're like, I'll have the large nugget. Yeah. In America, they'll say, I'll have the large, I'll have the large nugget. And in America, that means the bag. Yeah, like I'll fill this bitch. Give me the bucket. Give me the bucket. The bucket of nugget. I I wish nugget, comma single. That used to be a thing. uh, McDonald's used to sell a fifty-piece bucket of nuggets. (laughs) Oh no! Oh man! It was ten dollars. It came with two (sighs) drinks and two fry. Well, I can tell why they limited it because people were probably like, oh man, I don't have enough food at home. I might as well just buy this college student shit. They might as well just call that spastic colon the meal. (laughs) Like, I I imagine you eating that and then the world just gets noticeably sadder and you just start sweating. Like, you're just like, it sounds like one of those like Alvin and Chipmunk songs that you said. Sludge core. Sludge core. In high school, my girlfriend got that because it's very romantic, right? Very. Um, and we get like 14 nuggets into the bucket and we're like, this is miserable. I'm done. And we just dumped it oh, out of the fucking window like it was a drink. Just yeah. chicken nuggets on the side of the road. I, dude, what the fuck? I also have a fucked up nugget story from Ch- McDonald's chicken nuggets. All right. <laughs> I had gone home and all I had in this bag was a whole bag full of chicken nuggets and I had just like crammed them all in right in my car and I drank a, like a huge like uh like a giant soda 
and it was like six feet of snow out. Like it was mostly shoveled, so it wasn't a big deal. But then I get to my house, and of course the snow shovel had pushed all the snow in front of my driveway. So I was like, I'll know what I'll do. I'll just ram my car through it because you normally could if it wasn't that high. So I did that, and I got stuck. And I was like, fuck. So get out, grab the snow shovel, and I start tearing away at this fucking like mountain of snow. And it's a mountain that I have to tear through. God. And I'm immediately feeling tired. I feel a cramp in my kidneys. And I'm just sitting here getting weaked in the <laughs> knees. And I wasn't like unhealthy or anything uh, at that I, point. Yeah. I had a job where I had to be physical all the time. And for some reason, this was destroying me. And I realized <laughs> the nuggets, man, they oh, sap your energy. <laughs> I I have a story about fast food. There was a guy who DM'd. And he was, he was a lazy guy when it came to food. He was always really lazy. But... He went through and he knew whatever burger joint, whatever fucking burger joint was running like dollar burger special or whatever coupon, he knew where it was and he'd be there. Like just there. Like Wimpy from Popeye. He'd just be there. Yeah. So he had this bag of burgers once and he went through one of these shitball burger joints that was just local. It was not a chain. And he got a bag of burgers and they had this deal and it was like a greaseball bag of burgers. And I mean, just the worst imagine you can press flat onto a griddle, rapidly made paper thin burgers with a handful of sweaty toppings each and a single slice of cheese. Like the very academic 80 cent burger that you used to see in the 80s in America. And so he he buys this bag of burgers that is just sweating through this like bag to where it's you almost see, translucent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see the amount of burgers and it's a magazine of them in there. Like, <laughs> it's a Rimworld impacted metal arcology of burgers. It looks like a texture yeah. at that point, like right. just on the bag. And it you're looks, like, oh, is that the texture? No, that's the amount of burgers. It looks like there. sedimentary layers of yeah. meat. So he takes <laughs> these all out and he eats them one after a time, after a time, after a time. And nothing happens. He seems fine for it. And he eats them and he puts them all in his fridge and he just takes them out one at a time and just ate them. And halfway through them by day two. Day two. He's eating through these. And I'm like, do those things bother you? And he said, no. However, going up the stairs, he paused. He paused. <laughs> <laughs> and he farted for, I want to say, like, a really uncomfortable amount of time. Yeah. To the point where I was like... Tuba practice at that point. No, I just thought like, this is a joke. Like, <laughs> he's making a noise. He wasn't. He was paralyzed with one leg shaking, having to shake out that much fart. And the whole room got more humid. And I left. I felt unclean. <laughs> it was a long, <laughs> I, yeah. hot breath of a fart that changed the, the temperature <laughs> and texture and flavor of the room. And I was like... <laughs> Done. Oh, I am done. But it just sounded like a howling banshee. And I was just like, I hate this. This this displeases me strongly. American fast food. They'll they'll do that to you, man. Yeah, they will. However, they'll make you as much as you want and then watch as you try to eat it. All right, let's do another one. All right. Next question. Yeah. Hey fellas, just a few short questions from for the podcast. Mr. Tex, what is your favorite Western movie? Mr. Mike. What adventure game do you think has the most insane logic? And to Mr. Goat, what is your favorite folk song? Godspeed to you, gentlemen. You do fantastic works. All the best from your friend, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And oh. Deputy, uh, you answer for Goat for folk song because you know so many folk weird song. songs. What, so many weird songs. Folk, folk, whatever. Um, folk or filk. Yeah, just go there. Uh, let's see. 
favorite western um once upon a time in the west understated great soundtrack that or the wild bunch mm, see i god well it depends like modern westerns 310 to yuma's hard to beat so's unforgiven open range open range appaloosa gets an honorable mention for a few dollars okay, more yeah is a uh, my one of my favorites but i also like uh Spaghetti Westerns, because the soundtrack's always just a... Ennio Medicon. Always him. Um, But Sundance Kid's all right. I like that one. Yeah. The Trick Grit remake was better than it had any right to be. It was. Yeah. It really was. It it really was. And I was like, wow, that was pleasant. Thank you. All right. Well, that's all the Westerns I think we're going to (laughs) name. Uh, Unless you want to name all of them off Because we just like westerns It's a fun genre Favorite filk or folk Uh, Favorite filk is going to be banned from Argo Favorite folk uh, God, that's a long list I've listened to a lot of folk music over the years It's not my strongest uh, area But I've listened to a lot Uh, Mr. Depp For filk, I'm a fan of Sam Jones Good one Um, For folk I don't know. Yellow Rose of Texas, maybe? Oh, not bad. Not bad. All right. And they had a question for you, Mike, specifically. Yeah, he said, like, what was the what was the uh, one adventure game with the weirdest logic yeah. uh, that I've played? I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, but the one that's just mo- head, most head-bashingly, like, why? Uh, no, I head-bashing, because that's a lot of things. Uh, for, it, well, if I said that pretty much most of Sierra games, but um, Harvester had, like, the most, like, bizarre logic to it and it wasn't like bad game it was just like really odd lo- i didn't understand some of the puzzle uh solutions and i was like i i'm like not a lynch guy so i can't really comment on some of the answers to these puzzles but i it gave me those vibes like it felt like they were trying really hard to do like video games are violent but david lynch style and yeah and and david lynch is a wild guy in, in terms of style. Yeah. Because I've seen where people try to imitate it. And I'm like, you can't be David Lynch. He's his own fucking thing and he won't explain it to you. They did a good job enough with the characters and the locations. Like, all that stuff was great. It was just how you got there just made no sense. Um, and I think that was, like, just kind of their intent, though. And the ending is just fucking weird. But, um, yeah. That's it. That's a weird one for me. Um, let's, let's go to another question. Hello, Tex, Mike, and Goat, and anyone else who happens to be there. What do you think the optimum time to uh, smoke a tri-tip is? Because this is very good, but I don't know that it's as good as it could be. I am very drunk. Anyways, y'all have a good one, and I hope to hear this in like six months. And he will. (laughs) Uh, I'm not the tri-tip expert, but I'm thinking what you're going to need to do is... Follow the recipe from just go to some place that's like beef.com. I'm sure, please don't type that in. I'm sure <laughs> oh, there no. is a meat council that is legitimate and is not discussing other meat. I'm sure there is some beef advisory council that will say try tip per pound and and or you go to your local library and get books on cooking. There are literally hundreds of books on cooking meat. Tons. Tons. It's It's all fine. Deb, we'll any, say, yeah, it's got to be a medium rare. You can't overcook it. You can't overcook it's a easy tri-tip. To overcook. It is easy to overcook tri-tip. It's it's easy to overcook any meat. And then people are like, oh, it's tough. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you killed it. Bad job. It's because you microwaved it, you motherfucker. Yeah, you can't microwave your steaks. Well, if you do, please oh, don't tell us about it. Please, oh, why? <laughs> imagine imagine oh. if, all right, because you know Sufi. Oh, you didn't know about Ponderosa's head chef? <laughs> <laughs> chef Mike? <laughs> 
Chef Microwave. Uh, so what I was thinking uh, is like, all right, you know, there's a bunch of people who are into sous vide where they're like, just put it in a bath and temperature control it. What if there was a whole bunch of people who were like, yeah, I'm into Mike. That's I, I'm into Mike food. You know, they're like, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. And they're all like on Instagram taking pictures like fucking steaks that have just been microwaved and they're all curled up. And they're like, oh, yeah, my steak's got that curl. <laughs> Yeah, it's got great. It's like great photography. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, I like my steaks a little bit al dente, you know, a little bit to the tooth. <laughs> I like them to be. I like. I like the lower my my meat's moisture level by eighty <laughs> percent. I think that's really cool. All right, next, let's do one more. All right, because meat. Hey, Tex, Mike, Goat, and anyone else who happens to be around. Facing the keyboard here, and I have one of the ultimate questions for the Black Pants Legion. Chili, beans, or no beans? Also, a small aside on Lean Six Sigma, once upon a time, about 2013, I was part of a green belt class for a brand new government agency. The problem here is this. Lean Six Sigma is entirely about improving processes, not standing up new ones. We needed to establish basic change control processes, not analyze existing ones. So it was a waste of several months. Oh, well, 10 years in and I'm practically retired. Praise Zorg, everyone. Let his (laughs) fires warm us all. Spoken like a true fed. God bless you, sir. 10 years in and I don't have to be. (laughs) And you find out he's like part of the department of like children's vaccines or something. And you're like, oh, my God. No, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a cool guy. Um, sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, he sounds like a fucking cool guy. I'm sure he'll send me an email and he's like, R.E., cool guy. And then like subject line, he'll write, I am. And then, have like, <laughs> and then he'll have like a picture of him behind his desk and he'll just be like spread out on this giant desk and he's like, I oversee the Western Seaboard's allotment of sorghum. <laughs> and you're like, God damn you, you majestic eagle. <laughs> oh, man. So what about his question? All right, I'm going to end it on this. I know there's people who are purists and people who have, have beans or beanitis or bean allergies or bean disease or they've been to White Tom's Bean House and been involved in a, a great number of bean banditries. Uh, but I will say this. Um, both is okay. I know some people consider one bean stew if it has beans in it. And they, those people can go fuck right off because I don't see people celebrating their chili either. So what I'm saying is good chili is good chili. Just make it well. I can take it either or, but if it's more bean than meat, fuck off. That's not right either. Hmm. That's good. I'm a bean guy unless it, we're doing chili dogs. If we're doing chili dogs, well, yeah, it, chili dogs just have like 80 legumes on your chili dog. Be like, ah, yes, what I need for this pork is some ass music. <laughs> You'll end up farting like a dying animal. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, let's, let's end this properly. Okay. Let's end this properly. What is the most fucked up thing you've ever seen someone put on a hot dog to the point where you wanted to take it away from them? I saw a guy take a hot dog and he said he went to this place and it was a hot dog shack in Houston and they had all sorts of different toppings and it was a long counter and he said, I'll have the usual. And what he did was it was a kielbasa that had been grilled and butterflied and had been put into a bun with chunky peanut butter in it. 
No. I watched someone put mayo and black olives on a hot dog. Once. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> what the fuck? What is that? What That's... the fuck? I can't even imagine. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? That's what happens when you've got a salad bar. I think that should be the next update for Park Attack. They should let you make the sandwiches yourself, and that should be what you sell. Oh, I think- if they let me choose condiments... Yeah, no, that is the update I've been waiting for. I <laughs> the condiments update. I, I would love for you guys to have to run the snack and vending area you designed, except in something like <laughs> one of those busy kitchen games in VR, where you're having yes. to like deal with yeah. people as people are like, I want salt. And you're like, yes, here you go. Enjoy it. Salt. Yep. Um, you get you get slapped if you give them too much salt because you're costing the company money. Salt is not free, citizen. Yeah, God. The worst one that got me off guard was the um, spaghettios and ch- uh, what are the Fruit Loops with sprinkles on it. I uh, on a hot dog. Yeah, so it's like I okay. You got me at the spaghettios. I'm like, all right, that's like poor people thinking, but that's cool. I'm fine. I'm down with that. It's meat yeah, with meat. Yeah. I get it. Like I you got you get you get spaghettios, you get a hot dog. You combine the two. I see where you're going. However. The Fruit Loops should have never have ever entered the equation at any point, and this dude just covered that shit in it, and then he used sprinkles from, like, a cupcake. I mean, the only thing he could have done to make that more horrifying is if he had just, like, caulked it with Colgate. Like, if he'd put Colgate... <laughs> I'm sure he would have done that if it was an option. Bright, fresh mouth dog. This was at a hot dog eatery. At a hot doggery. Yes. I, well, I know they in, get they offered it as an option, and he took it. I know. I know one person had the at, person who made well, it. Kind of like gags at the pl- <laughs> at God. the pl- at the place uh. I went to where that guy got that dog. Someone else got one that I thought was a wild, but I, I thought it wouldn't be a bad idea if you liked pineapple. Uh, the guy's bun was like fire grilled pineapple. Oh, actually, and, I, yeah, I, I'd eat that. Yeah, so it was like savory and sweet i was like okay i could see that yeah just that by itself would be fine right that would be interesting but like no it, it's just like every cursed thing came out of that assembly line and i mean i've worked customer service but jesus fuck fucking fuck fuck holy fuck do people make bad choices if you go to a <laughs> subway i saw a guy said give me the works and what he meant was all of the meats it was like noah's ark crawling onto that guy's sandwich <laughs> and they had to get a, they had to tear the roof off of a third thing of bread to close it. Wait, so how much of the works? Because is it just like a couple of slices? Yeah. It just went all the way and over and over and over. He's you like, mean like, he's you mean like, like just meat, not anything that else? That guy ordered that shit like so he was trying to rob them at gunpoint, but instead of taking money, he was taking the whole salad bar. Like that was his okay, approach. Okay, because I was gonna say I've had the all meat before, but I didn't put any like extra because it was already a big sandwich. No, no, it was all the all the meats, okay. double the meats, including tuna as spackle. Oh plus no, that would have been cheeses new and tuna, fistfuls of everything. And tuna, it was, I, no, it looked like someone trying to wrap up a shrubbery. Oh, like, the guy couldn't get it in the bag. He was like, "Here's your sandwich." And the girl's like, "Thank you." <laughs> it sounds like a you grand- said five dollar foot long, and I'm holding you to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was like fifteen dollars worth of meat. Oh God, yeah, they ended that program a long time ago, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I oh, saw. God, I saw someone with one of those. Like, I mean, I remember when five dollar foot long happened, and I saw a guy who went in every day, and he did the opposite of Jared. He went in every day and got two five dollar foot longs in grad school. And ate 
two foot long meatball subs and just became horribly <laughs> fat as a result of it. And I was like, it's the opposite, Jared. Five dollar foot long, just somebody eating all of these giant meatball subs. And they're like, I thought Subway was supposed to be good. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Not if you eat the meatball sub with extra meatballs. And he's like, yeah. oh. He lost it later. I mean, he, he was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, grad school is like that. But Jesus Christ, I was like, I remember that era in grad school because it was the same era as people doing the Papa Murphy's take and bake. And they would go to Papa mm-hmm. Murphy's and they'd be like, I got a coupon. And you'd be like, oh, so you want your near free pizza, right? And they're like, no, I want a full price pizza with that much extra meat on it. <laughs> and that's what the people would do to Papa Murphy's. So Papa Murphy's would make like open face calzones with like a football of toppings on them. And people would take them home and burn their ovens down. That was an oh. era of poverty was how many toppings can I get Papa Murphy's to put in this before they call the manager? Yeah. Before they up, upsell me and I have to pay more. I remember one time at Papa Murphy's, the tipping point was literally, they were mad at uh, how many bell peppers I wanted on it. And I was like, we're in too deep. You can't cut me off now. <laughs> you have to. I'll you've, pay the 10 cents. Give me more peppers. I'll, I'll, I've, I've paid the 10 cents, but you've had to open three bags so far. We're going in hard. <laughs> oh, what, man. I just started thinking about the nuggets, man. There's not enough nuggets at a single store for a person to eat. No, God, no. But they, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry for for just one person. Never. It's it's usually stocked for like multiple. But those buckets, they. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm bucket. I remember all that, dude. I I, I remember. Oh, man. I remember a security guard I used to work with who would start every shift with like a whole bucket of KFC. And <laughs> just a, starting to shift off right, huh? <laughs> yeah, a whole bucket of KFC, and then he would have one of those giant institutional cans of apple juice and he had a bottle opener on his uh key card and or sorry in his um keychain and he'd knock the knock the two holes in the giant institutional apple juice and i mean like several pints yeah it's it's like well over a liter it's a giant can you're supposed to use it like on a whole kindergarten worth of juice you know what i mean it is a lot of juice he would eat all that chicken and drink all that juice and then proceed to have a near silent series of unstoppable farts for the rest of the night. <laughs> and I was just like, that was a whole era of my life was sitting in a patrol vehicle with that guy ripping ass and listening to <laughs> George Norrie and Art Bell coast to coast. I remember that very firmly. <laughs> oh man. So that is, that is a rite of passage is whenever I'm training new officers, cause I'm a training officer with the department is about two three in the morning i will turn on am radio and find the weirdest fucking channel and never say anything and just let them draw whatever conclusions they want on whatever bullshit i happen to find it was often coast to coast i remember someone called in on coast to coast and it was hilarious because this is like this was in the early 2000s so the internet was not yet mainstream but this was within three weeks of fallout three coming out and someone called into Artville and said, I had this dream. I had this dream where there was all these people running around and it was the end of the world and we had to close the doors and they all had one Oh one on the backs and he described the whole game. <laughs> and the girl was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that was it. Work as a security guard fucking dying. Like I was just like, this is great. This is grade A shit post. I, I hope you're John Teeter out there 
God bless you, sir. And I hope you find that <laughs> IBM you need. Wink. But I, yeah, like I, I loved, I loved early AM radio. That's always been a treasure, especially in the early AM. At any rate, remember, you can downvote a podcast, and if you want to support us, we are on Patreon, uh, the Black Pants Legion, if you want. But don't worry about it, because we're probably going to never monetize anything like this. We're just trying to figure this out like everyone else. All right, so anyways, uh, here will be uh, Sam Jones from Carmen Miranda's Ghost by Leslie Fish. Now I met Sam Jones on a dockside night in a rundown Viking bar. Kid of maybe 15 years at that purely nowhere star. He had no ship, he had no skills, no name or family. And he looked at me like a thirsty soul at a boundless salty sea. For space is wide and good friends are too few. Captain, take me with you. Captain, I'll work for free. I was spacer born and...